Hello, everyone. Welcome to Two Wizards and a Mic, where a couple of old dudes talk about D&D because they've been playing it for such a long time, they think, maybe, just possibly, there might be something that we've experienced that's worth sharing to make your time at the table so much better. Something like that. <laughs> or we just like to talk about D&D. <laughs> Hello, Andrew. Hey, Shane, how are you? I'm not doing too badly today. I have dodged the cold of the world, it seems. So I'm quite happy about that. Nice. Um, and I've recovered from my shots, which is even worse. But uh, hey, I want to ask, do you have an update on the Kickstarter to start off? Yes, actually, I was talking to our whole team today, which means I was talking to two other people from the... Cool. Um, Monsters of the Dungeon book. We'll put the link below. You can still pre-order it. It's the last book in our monster series. I was talking to the artist and I was talking to our layout graphic design um, uh, genius. And they, one of them actually, I'm here in Vancouver and they're both in cities in the United States. So it's, we were all chatting and um, yeah, we're at the very last stage. So I will have a final look at the book today and tomorrow and then send any last notes and it, it's basically done. I'm just going to do a final check and yeah, it looks amazing. I think it's, it's probably the best book we've made and I think it has the greatest range for players and dungeon masters in the kind of creatures that we've put in there. Nice. Um, you know, there's, there's scary creatures, there's simple, uh, really low-level creatures, there's ridiculous creatures, there's um, very strange aberrations from other worlds, uh, there's undead that are going to freak your party out. So out of the entire monster series, how many creatures are there? But I want to say like 600 and something. Yeah, there. Including this new book, there's now 676. And, and then, of course, the next book, you can take those monsters and put them in that world. Exactly. I was just going to say, we're, we actually now have the cover, the ink version for the new book, for the World of Mir book, which we should, should be kickstarting um, in November. And that is going to be a place where you now can play with all these creatures plus all the classic monsters and um as i mentioned before it'll be for any system it won't just be for 5e and it will be really open to people who want to homebrew you know you want to drop nice. a giant's adventure in somewhere pirates um bandit lords whatever you want there's space in there to do it i've always wanted to make an adventure where the party primarily stays in a body of water rather than being on land. I've always mm -hmm. thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, not water world interesting, but you know, there's some sort of reason that they're having to stay out there for the entire uh, adventure. Right. And, uh, so yeah, homebrewing something in the world of Mir. Hmm. Yeah, well, there is definitely something new, which I'm, cause some of the, I've finished most of the world book, but there's one section I'm still working on. And it's funny you mentioned that because part of that extra area is a big underwater world. Oh, cool. 
Yeah, and it's occupied by the Aquarian race, which we put in the Monsters of the City book. And um, yeah, it's going to really bring a new element because some of these creatures have now moved onto land and actually basically, you know, infiltrated or immersed themselves in the humanoid world on land. But their base and their leadership and all the hundreds and thousands of more of these creatures are still in this underwater city. Um, yeah, so that that kind of element is something we're looking at. Um, yeah, who knows? Maybe you end up writing that adventure. I see what you're laying down, I hope. Yes. So uh, look forward to that, everybody, because I... Oh, there's so much I want to do. Not enough time in the day. But um, today we're talking about books. Books that you should have. Books that, yeah, you might take a pass on. Yeah. But essentially, uh, those are, we're going to talk about the official books that Wizards of the Coast does print um, for maybe not much longer. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So, Andrew, start us off. Sure. So, we're going to look at, yeah, the most useful official books from TSR and Wizards. TSR was the original company. Um, Tactical studies, um, tactical studies. Anyway, I can't remember the last part of that name right now. But the original company, um, because nobody ever used that name, everybody just said TSR. So yeah. we're going to look at books that we think are still useful, um, playing. This could be if you're playing Fifth Edition, if you're playing uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics. If you're playing um, old school essentials, if you're playing Pathfinder, um, yeah. So we're going to look at first fifth edition books. And a great book, I think, is still very useful, is the original Dungeon Master's Guide. So I have the, this is the drive through RPG copy with this funky cover. It's not the original version. But this book is so filled with resources. Um, a lot of it is copied in the new version of the Dungeon Master's Guide, but the original one has that and more. I mean, it's got a great section on alignment. It's got a great full section on weapons and armor. A lot of detail about hiring henchmen or hench people. Um, and this is a very cool aspect of the game, I think, that has sort of been lost. It really helps when you go adventuring to help as to have as many people as possible. And yeah. yeah, uh, yeah just for carrying your supplies and carrying treasure for scouting. It's really, you know, a really useful part of the game. It's mentioned very briefly in fifth edition uh, in the uh, player's handbook. I don't think it's even in the dungeon master's guide. I could be wrong, but I know in the original one, there's a lot of detail. There's a lot of detail about gameplay. There's even little things like a gambling section and a section of handling intoxication um, which our, our, our game groups, we always have to deal with this. I mean, the, the character, oh, yeah. the characters, right? Yeah. 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 Not, not the players. Never. No, never, never. That wouldn't happen. Um, there's a cool section about world building and even one about looking at social class and the titles of royalty. So if you like classic fantasy, um, it's very useful. There's traps, uh, great dungeon dressing, uh, even herbs, like a whole detailed chart about herbs and spices. 
And then it won about descriptions, how you could describe things to the players. So I still think it's the best Dungeon Master's Guide easily. That's so I actually think... very helpful. I have a vague memory because I had, I've long lost my DM's Guide from, from back then. But uh, I even remember like the, the original Red Books, like they had a lot of description and how to, as you said, describe stuff to players because uh, you don't want to give out everything. You want to give mm -hmm. just a little tiny bit. And I think that that's a skill that's learned over time. Like I think initially uh, when I started playing, I remember reading the, the uh, you know, the box stuff there. in the box there. Yeah. But as you get better mm -hmm. at it, uh, you can, of course, you know, add a little flourish. You know, you, you, you don't need to describe every single molecule in the room, but there's like, going to be a lot of different elements that, you know, might just add a bit to mm -hmm. to the world, like the herb stuff. I mean, I don't remember if that's even in fifth edition, is it? No, I don't think it is. I don't think there's any detail about that. Um, it might be in the dungeon dressing section at the back of the Dungeon Master's Guide. Um, right. Yeah, you know, part of it is like that, that that's important. Heraldry, yeah. too, as you said. Part of it is that if I know, if I know something's like th I, re you know, I still remember what's in that original Dungeon Master's Guide. So if I know it's there, I'm not going to really look for it again. Um, yeah, yeah. But I don't think there's herbs. Let me just look. No, I can't find it. I don't think there's anything in the fifth edition. And I think those details, like you say, you know, the, the little details, the smells and the tastes and the plants and all that, I think the weather, all those kind of things really help. You don't have to be, you don't have to be these, you know, very precocious, pretentious dungeon masters <laughs> who use, I won't mention anybody in particular, but people who use two or three adjectives for every sentence and this kind of stuff, it's totally unnecessary. You can just say, um, you know, the odor, the smell in the air of the tunnel is a bit musty, you know, and then maybe half an hour later, you can mention, you know, there's a bit of a water dripping along the stone wall, or there's a pool of water on the ground. You don't have to do this fake, you know, fake actor kind of stuff, right? Like, well, exactly. And, th and that's the thing, right, is that you want the players to ask questions, you want them to be able to go, because you could say, Oh yeah, the ground looks a little wet. It's a little busty, you know. You kind of smell something rotting in the, you know, somewhere in the in the dungeon. But you know, it's 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 like you know, people know what rain smells like after they've yeah. gone outside and stuff like that. So you can it kind of forces them to go. Oh, okay, it's wet. All right, uh, I wonder why it's wet. You know, if they ask, hey, because you could say it looks like there's water coming down from the blah blah blah. Could be saliva. Could be mm -hmm. anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but if they don't ask, then you know they don't. Uh, they don't live very long. <laughs> well, it's it. You know, the way you ask that, I think, is so you know dead on because a lot of people who talk about the game often forget. They often come from the dungeon master's point of view, and they forget that about the players. The players actually count. So when yeah. you're when you're the dungeon master talking or giving details, the players are actually there and they're they're using their imagination and imagination and participating too. They're creating the world in their mind as well. So you don't have to give every detail every time and every description because those players are doing it for themselves too. You just have to yeah. be a guide along the way, right? You don't have to 
I mean, part of that is my personality because I don't like leading, even in our books, I don't lead people through every step of the way. Like in our books, there's no introduction to the book going, hi, this is how you use this book. And we're so glad that all these people participated in creating it. And we feel so honored and treasured that we've been through this experience together. And we just, we really want you readers to understand how to use this book. Like, come on. That's so, that is so what I hear in my head. Like I can see the text of the page. I could like, I, I always call it the, the nod like, or sorry, no, the, the shake where people go and say they they're talking very serious and then they go and then, you know, or something, you know, and it's like, what are you doing? Please. So, don't, you don't need the, to sell us. We're already here. Yeah. Just like our books for the most part, you know, the monster books you open up, there's monsters pretty much right away. And um, we don't give you a lot of fluff in describing the creatures. And uh, I think the same for DMing and giving descriptions. You don't have to do all the fluff, you know. Um, exactly. Like we, we already know and, you know, it's going to be uh, this and that. Yeah. Good to do. Another fantastic book, my favorite monster manual from an official source is from TSR, The Monster Manual 2, also my favorite cover by Jeff Easley. So this book is filled with amazing creatures, really good art. And it's the it was the sequel to the original Monster Manual. And it has a lot of unique creatures and creatures that now are part of the game. Um, there are, for example, um, the cloaker, you know, actually is the cloaker, hold on. Uh, yeah, the cloakers in here, the Bahir. Um, there's a lot of creatures that have become part of D&D lore. There's a lot of great demons and devils in this book. There's the Duergar, um, Driders. It's just filled, the Fomorian giants, these weird giants that live in the underworld. There's a lot of great monsters and... Um, I love the art. It's um, a lot of the original artists from TSR, a lot of Jeff Easley, but there's other artists in there as well. Um, Larry Elmore. Yeah, it's fantastic. I still remember the day I bought this book, which was, you know. <laughs> Just last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 43 <laughs> years ago or something like that. <laughs> so that, I, that I wish I had cared for those books way better than I did as a kid. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> yeah. I want to go back in time and be like, hey, Shane. Yeah. Heck, protect your D&D &D gear. Um, yeah, Monster Manuals 1 and 2 um, definitely are worth about $300 a piece nowadays if you're not getting a reprint, if you're getting an original. Yeah. Yeah. There, some of them, yeah, people will try to rip you off on some of these old books for sure. Um, so that one does have a lot of creatures. Some of them have been redone for 5e, but I still, there's creatures in there that haven't been, and there's also different information. Um, I would recommend that still for Dungeon Masters to use. Another one, which took a long time to grow on me, it was the third original monster manual. It's called the Fiend Folio. Yep, that this is one. the one that I just got an original copy of uh, last year. Oh, wow. Someone... I had a friend who's like, Shane, you're amazing. Here, take this book. And I'm like, oh my, really? 
hardcover. I didn't, everything? I didn't know you were friends with Lauren Michael, or is that? Dr. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> probably was Doctor Evil. I'm sure he played D and D. So um, the Fiend Folio. So it wasn't actually by the American office, the main office of TSR in the 80s. It was actually the British, the UK division, which was new and smaller, and a lot of really weird and kind of darker creatures. And when I first got it, it was not my thing. And over the years, it's kind of grown on me. Um, I like it more, and it definitely gives me inspiration for creatures, uh, especially making all these monster books. And it has some creatures that have become, you know, part of D&D too. Some really weird, odd creatures like the Gith Yankee, um, the Drow. Some really archetypal, cre like in terms of D&D, archetypal creatures. Um, so that's another really good one. The good news about that, Shane was saying you've got a new copy. You can actually get that softcover print. That's what that is. You can get a softcover print from Drive Through RPG still. Um, which is really good news. And um, the last one for 1E, we were talking about our World of Mirror earlier, which is really inspired by this setting. It's the World of Greyhawk box set. You can still get the books on Drive-Thru RPG. And this is a setting Gary Gygax created. It's very detailed, very realistic, and a great one where you can put your own adventure in. You don't have to follow the every single part of the lore that's in there. You don't have to follow what's going on with the politics and all that. It's a great template for any dungeon master to use to put their adventures in. And then a lot of the original adventures, they are tied into Greyhawk as well. Yeah, I remember I, most of the stuff that I played as a kid was Greyhawk-based um, or homebrew. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, I traveled around that a lot, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I love it. It makes so much sense to me. The names are realistic for the most part, like that you're able to pronounce them, unlike uh, Forgotten Realms. And it just seems more organic and more realistic the way that it's built. I think the cities usually are still too big to like a medieval city. Once you're around 10 or 20,000 maybe a little bit more than that. That's about realistic in terms of what how they were built. Some of these are much bigger than that in Greyhawk. But again, it's a fantasy world. You know, not every little rule has to be perfect. It's still, I think it still works. Yeah, because I, I, I remember, I mean, the big attraction for me when I was younger was uh, the fact that when I got my Greyhawk set, it had the fold-out map. Yeah. And I hung that on my wall for years and then I became a teenager and I think I recycled it or something or threw it out or whatever. But yeah, I mean, granted I had beat it to crap. It was like falling apart, you know, along the seams and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, exactly. I wish I still had mine, but I stared at that thing and planned all kinds of stuff. It was the first time I'd ever really had seen the, uh, the uh the hexagon layout on the on the yeah. paper and and because i i remember buying i think at the time my parents bought i remember i needed graph paper i needed to have you know the hexagon paper i needed to, and they bought me right. a ton of that stuff and i was like drawing and copying and oh yeah it was the map right off the bat was like the first thing that got my my gaming sort of head on and uh 
and uh, yeah, it, and I I missed that. I have no idea what happened to it. I have a clue. Long, long gone. It's like, I mean, I knew what happened to the map, but the books. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. That map was on our basement wall for years, and like you said, it's so inspiring. I believe the the artist, her name is Dar. I think she just goes by Darlene. I think you can still find her on social media, in the Greyhawk kind of community. But a, a great setting, great lore. If you want to use it, uh, it just feels so real. Um, it's very well thought out, and there's also. A whole bunch of adventures that I've mentioned before that I think would be useful still and fun and easily. They're very easy to um, convert these back and forth to different systems. The A1 to 4 series against the uh, the Slave Lords is a great series for especially starting characters. And same with the U1 to 3. Again, uh, they were that series was made by the UK division of TSR. So both of those are great early adventures. There's tons more. You can get almost all of them on drive through RPG. Uh, you can get printed versions, and it's not that expensive. So I would highly recommend all of those. Uh, avoiding, I would avoid, like, I don't think it's super necessary anymore, partly because things have been duplicated. The Player's Handbook, the original one, uh, great book. Um, not essential, though, With if you have the 5e book, if you're using those rules. Um, the old system, as we've mentioned before, in my opinion, a few other people's opinion, 5, 1E is a great system, but it's pretty crunchy. And we find 5E more smoother and more efficient. Um, there is better information in this book on classes and races, I think. And it's more realistic because the races have uh, modifiers so that dwarves are more sturdy, hardy creatures, which makes common sense. So they get a bonus for that. And elves are quicker, more agile, so they get a bonus for that. Um, creatures that, like half-orcs aren't as intelligent. These, remember, are fantasy creatures. Um, another thing I would avoid is the are the survival books. There's the Wilderness Survival Book, this one, and the Dungeoneers Survival Book. Those are... They're just not... I don't think they're organized as well as they could have been. There's a few other books put out by third-party companies that I think are a little bit more organized. Um, there's some good things in there, but um, for the most part, I, I, would, I don't really look at those anymore. The original Monster Manual has classic creatures, but basically they've been duplicated in the new Monster Manual. And yeah. the, the art in the original Monster Manual is very hit and miss. There's some great art. And then there's there's um, some art that's not spectacular. The cover itself, there's something, again, that grows on you over time. I think technically maybe it's not the greatest art, but it is. it has a this element, uh, this mythic element to it that gives it something special. Um, yeah. But I don't think it's necessarily a book that would be needed at the table, unless, of course, you're playing first edition. All right, so that's first edition covered. <clears throat> 5e. We should say that, or I should say, in my opinion, the art in 5e is not nearly as good as a lot of the original art. And the quality of the books in general started off at a fairly decent place and 
that changed <laughs> over time. Yeah, I mean, the, the main <laughs> complaint I have about with the newer books, uh, like in the last, say, five years or so, um, as I've collected them over time, because I, I mean, I, I've told you this story before, but for those listening, uh, I walked into my local bookstore. There was a stack of, of uh, Wizards books on the ground. And I thought, what the heck? And I'm looking at yeah. the clock. It's like five minutes to closing. I'm like, no one's, I can't believe the number of books that are here, but they were closing. So I left. Then I came home and I'm like, ah, I don't need all these books. I could just buy them later on. And, but they're all like really cheap. And they were, I, they were selling them for like 20 bucks a piece. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. And uh, then I went back at like 10 a.m. the next day, uh, right at opening. And because uh, my spouse was like, just go and get the stupid books. What do you, they're just, who cares? I'm like, oh, okay. So off I went, having permission to buy books. And uh, yeah, and I picked them all up. And and now that I, you know, that was about a year ago. So over over the last year, I've gone through a bunch of them, if not all at this point. Mm -hmm. But I did notice, like looking at some of these books, I'm like, you know, the the it's basically rehashing old stuff that I know I've read in the past. So I went to some of the older books that I still have. And yeah, it's it's the same adventure. It's just basically updated to 5e. Mm -hmm. But they didn't they didn't make it 5e its own. Like they just kind of mm -hmm. it's like they don't have writers. They don't have the creativity anymore to to create things. Now, I mean, things like Volos, Xanathar uh, are are books that are actually good. But a lot of the adventures, a lot of some of like even the the wilderness, not the wilderness, but what do they call it in Five E? Um, I've got them, and I just can't think of the top, off the top of my head. But yeah, they're just basically, oh hey, we published that book twenty five years ago as a different company. Let's just do it again. And I think that really kind of sucked the soul out of a lot of these books because they had an opportunity to create something new. Like I don't mind them, you know, bringing stuff from the past and and re updating it and throwing it into like having tomb of horrors in in one of the in one of the adventure books but ultimately uh where's the new stuff why why have we not got something new because it always comes <laughs> this is so silly uh but it, it popped into my mind just looking at the map there i always wanted to know in the north in greyhawk there's a place called uh is it the land of black ice or ocean of black ice or something and I always wanted to go there, but no one ever wrote an adventure to go there. So why has Wizards not decided, hey, we've got this thing we can mm -hmm. do something with. Hey, let's do some adventures over here. Have we ever done that? No? Okay, great. Let's throw some in. Let's do an adventure over in this corner and over this, like, spread out. Because everyone starts, you know, safe to this area. And, but we've done that over and over again. Why can't we start somewhere else that... You know, I mean, there's there's definitely there's wikis that have basically collected all these these things mm -hmm. together from all different sources of books here and there that the TSR was printing at the time, uh, Dragon Magazine and stuff like that, and saying, hey, these, the lore is actually a little more lively and a little more populated than we actually know. And uh, anyway, yeah, back to these books. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think they've stayed away from Greyhawk for the most part with 5e. It might have some, there might be some kind of legality, some issues of right Possibly, yeah. property. I'm not sure entirely what the, or some sort of, uh, you know, uh, they were offended or something by something Greyhawk, Greyhawk did or something. 
So books from 5e, which I think are useful. Um, the Player's Handbook for 5e, this is really the main book for the game for 5e now. This has all the rules. Um, and I think it's actually quite well organized. And yeah, I think the team at the beginning did a really good job with the with the core books for the most part. But this is this is the only one you really need. Although if you want to play without spending any money and you have you want to have a really you know you, you can play DD with the free rules you don't actually have to even buy this player's handbook so the free rules we'll put the link below um yeah that's a good point yeah and that's been a really great thing that uh, the company did right from the beginning is 5e they said here's the free rules the basic rules if you want to play uh the player's handbook if you want to get one of the books that's the one you really need because that has the game rules it has how you create players and it has the equipment and background and building your character and spells. If you have that book or if you have the basic rules for free, you can play the game. Um, the art, I, I really don't think is great. And I think that started the trend of the art going kind of downhill. I don't think any of the art is AI, but it kind of reminds me of this AI to a certain extent, the way the styles are done. Um, I can think of one, I think there's one image of there in, in a one piece of, with a displacer beast. I think that one is actually quite good. Yeah. But overall, I'd have to say I was disappointed in what they did. And there seems to be an agenda in the art too, what, what things they will depict, which is interesting. Well, the um, big, the big issue that really comes up for me is the artwork that I grew up loving was the black, the dark grays, the sort of, you know, that that to me, yeah. when I think of D&D, I still think of that imagery. Right. I don't necessarily think of the watercolor uh, oil paint. Like, I you know, when I was a teenager, I really liked what the, uh, you know, like the covers of the novels and things like that, which were all very much sort of paintings. Mm -hmm. And, but then when 5e came out, when I first picked up my first book, actually, not long after I started playing uh, in in West of the Wood, um, I I know I I saw the new artwork and it didn't resonate to the same level that because I was still thinking in the you know having like almost basically like black and white drawings of depicting this stuff. Now suddenly they looked a little weird, obviously, but that was also the era of printing and all that kind of stuff. But the but I, I hadn't thought of the stuff of what they will depict and what they won't in the current mm -hmm. artwork. And not to mention, isn't the latest book, weren't they doing some naughty with uh, AI art? Yeah, the latest book, they there is AI art, and they say basically they didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. There are there are definitely, there's definitely certain groups of people they won't um, depict either, which is interesting um, because it they've talked a lot about diversity. And um, another book, which is not as key, but I think is useful because of the fact it has basically all of the treasure and the magic items is the new Dungeon Master's Guide. Yeah. There's also some useful world building tables in there. Uh, there's a great bunch of maps. There's a, a, a cartographer called Mike Schley. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. 
anyway, he's really good. And he's done a lot of maps recently for D&D. And the maps in the Dungeon Master's Guide are amazing. Um, I love those kind of those 3D maps of like little towns and villages. And he does those really, really well. There's one of a town that has a wall and it, it gives you a really good idea of what a medieval town would be like. And um, yeah, it has a lot of, it has, again, it repeats a lot of things that were in the original Dungeon Master's Guide, but yeah. it, it's useful. It's not as, um, it's not as important as having the player's handbook, but it's useful. Um, I also just remember I'm watching a video recently about how I heard this person complaining again that D&D is complicated. I don't, I don't see, I don't, I don't get that because I know five-year-olds and six-year-olds who play D&D. Um, I don't think that's true. It can get complicated, you know, as you go up, maybe if you're an 18th level wizard and you have tons of spells and magic items and you have a private army that you're paying and, <laughs> um, but I think overall it's, it's not, it's not a complicated game. So the basic, no, book you need, no, the basic book you need to run the game, again, either the free basic rules or the player's handbook, Dungeon Master's Guide is kind of a nice bonus. So if you want to add that in and the monster manual, the new one has all the classic creatures for the most part, the bio write-ups for the monsters, the lore is actually pretty good. Although there's a bit of fluff on there too, that, um, and the art I would say is okay. Uh, part of art obviously is going to be a personal taste, right? Styles. Yeah. So, um, you know, like for me, I love fantasy, but Skyrim for me is my style of art. Where Final Fantasy, I couldn't, I wouldn't, I couldn't get into it. You know, yeah, no, just because of the art thing, style, yeah. right? So art is sub, you know, subjective. Yeah. The uh, the monster manual. This guy it has four hundred monsters, the basic monsters, and again, not totally um, necessary because the free rules include well over 100 monsters but if you want to have art to show your players as well i think that book was done fairly well i think the original books for 5e are pretty decent and the again the player's handbook is the key key one uh another good one overall is good uh is the volo's guide i got the uh, alternative cover because this is one of the few 5e art pieces i like nice it has this amazing mind flayer on it. So the beginning of this book has a fantastic section of lore on iconic D&D monsters, giants, beholders, hags. Um, it's just, it's really good. And um, the rest of it, there's some great monsters in there. Um, but that beginning part, I would say, is really worth it. And the news is, too, that... They are not printing this book again. They're they're they've stopped printing it, and they've stopped printing the Mordenkainen Tome of Foes, which came out around the same time. And they've taken all those creatures and they put them in another book, and changed them and got rid of the great lore section from Volos, which is the only real. That's the really good part of that book, and they've got rid of it because they say it's problematic. <laughs> Which I I can't I I simply can't take that seriously because it's a game as we mentioned and these are fantasy creatures. But 
So, but, but I can't, I can't yeah. imitate a millennial or whatever <laughs> the, the best, doing this. The best 5e supplement, if you want an extra book, and we talk about this all the time, Xanathar's Guide to Everything. So most people, when I tell them I like this book, they'll say, oh, yeah, because of the subclasses, because there's a few extra subclasses. There's some cool subclasses, but most of them, I don't think they really add that much to the game. But the character creation part of this book, the extra yes. character creation part, can add so much to your characters as a player or an, or an NPC. The list of names in the back of this book is just amazing to, for characters. They have human names from many different cultures, you know, from Greek, from um, uh, German, from uh, India, all over the world, different names you could use. Then they have different races like elves and dwarves and gnomes and halflings. It's, it's such a useful list. Um, there's a great section in encounter tables, which I noticed came out, you know, sort of a year after our company started publishing these books all the time with encounters. <laughs> Suddenly they decided to make a book like that. Although, as we mentioned, there's no encounters for dungeons. Yeah, Zero. I mean that you and I have talked about that before. Like that is such a weird thing considering the title of the game. <laughs> um, but I agree, like Xanathar uh is like that i think that was the third book i got i picked up when i first came back to the game i, I picked up the player's manual uh i play uh or handbook and then i picked up the uh, i think i picked up the monster manual next and mm -hmm. then the dm's guide and then the one right after that was xanathar because i was creating a character uh and i think at at, at your table somebody mentioned xanathar's book or you had it on the table or whatever and i'm like what is that yeah. And I'm so glad I got it. I'm so glad I got the Tome of Foes too. Like, what the heck? But it's, um, yeah, it's so good. There, it also has um, a bunch of common magic items. So the, and these are very cleverly made and simple, and they add so much to a game. One is called the Cloak of Billowing. So the only magical power it has is you can make it billow in the air, like you're, like there's wind, like your cloak is blowing in the wind. Uh, there's one that's a tankard of sobriety that no matter how much alcohol you put in there and drink, you can't get intoxicated. Why have my characters not found this? Well, oh, that's so because bad. I wouldn't I wouldn't want you guys to get your hands on that because I like when you're intoxicated. <laughs> well, you're just but, like saying, could you please roll a constitution save? Exactly. Exactly. Um but it, they're very clever, very simple, and they add so much. Um, a great example how sometimes simple is better. And yeah, well. the other part I love are rules for tool proficiencies and skills, which we've done an entire episode about, if you look back. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really useful for characters. So a book for DMs and players, the best supplement in 5e, not even close, in my opinion. Uh, and Shane likes it too. So yeah. books to avoid. Well, basically everything else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Sword Coast book. I like sections of Forgotten Realms, but as a 
as a lore book about a setting, I don't find it that useful. There's a lot of fluff in there, in my opinion. Um, I know a lot of people disappointed with that book. There's a book called Tash's uh, Guide, which I'm really sad that I bought because I never will look at it again. <laughs> and the same with Fizzband's Dragon book. I was so disappointed. There's one section in that Dragon's book that's useful about the dragon's personality and their horde and their their lair, but I would never have paid whatever I paid, $50, $60, or sometimes those books are $70 in Canadian. Um, and then the rest, of, and then the Tome of Foes, there's some cool monsters, uh, Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, another monster book, but overall, I wasn't super uh jazzed about that the adventures most of the campaign adventure books um a lot of them are remakes like you said especially the first few books they put out i found the giants adventure storm king thunder that one is okay um the best one i think is the out of the abyss maybe partially because i love the underworld um and the, i love the drow society and duergar and that whole that whole world is so much fun. I mean, that we did a whole book on the underworld, Monsters of the Underworld. Uh, the other ones, and I've read most of them, I, I enjoy the original adventures much more. Um, and they're all available, as I said, on drive-thru. I think pretty much every single one of them is available. And you can even get printed versions, these original soft cover um, we used to call them modules back in the day. So this is yep. the uh, this is one of the first. For some people, this was the first one they ever played, the Keep on the Borderlands, yeah. and they were these little soft cover booklets, and they were often about twenty or thirty pages, not that big, but they they're really quality and fun, lots of action, and I would definitely recommend those more than the new adventures. Yeah, that's, I think that's a pretty good overview. There's some really useful official books for sure. Oh, exactly. And, and I think that, I mean, I miss things that, uh, like one of my favorite books ever um, was Marvelous Magic, uh, which had a lot of fascinating uh, magical objects uh, and, and things like that. Um, was that. Was that second edition? I think it was if memory serves. Right. I remember oh, that reminds buying me. Again, it. Oh yeah. I was just going to say there is another uh, resource book and I have it right on the shelf here. There's another one from 1E that had first edition that has some useful um, elements. It was quite popular. It was a resource that came out probably early eighties, this unearthed arcana. Oh yeah. 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 Um, but the marvelous it's, it was called marvelous magic you said marvelous magic um it was a book of magical items and i think i think you're right i think it was second edition when, uh, okay. when it came out um but i think my most favorite absolute hands down when i was a kid was rogues gallery oh yeah okay uh, which i still and by the way i still have my copies of those two books thankfully uh, Rogue's Gallery was just a very simple book. 
it was basically tables of character uh, uh, roles and things. And it, it, it wasn't flashy. It wasn't fancy. It was just like, hey, do you want a thief? Here you go. Do you want a rogue? Here you go. And here's a list of, I think, I think every list had like 10 or maybe 20 or something. But I, that was my go-to book for, you know, years. And then, uh, you know, I left, stopped playing because I, I don't know, discovered girls or something. But then when I came back, I was happy that I opened up my collection of books that I still had. Uh, and those two were still there. Wow. And, uh, I, you know, I try not to open the rogues gallery too often because it, you know, it's, it's, it's old, uh, marvelous magic. I actually probably every few months I'll open it up and actually look because I remember as a kid, you know, I was probably 12, 13 when I got that one, um, maybe a little bit older. Uh, but I always, I still get a chuckle to this day, barrel of monkeys, it's <laughs> oh, just yeah. a wooden barrel. And if you open it up, outcome monkeys and the dm uh roles what there's like i think five or six different uh uh you know species of monkey that can come out of it like from baboons to like little tiny ones and but yeah just that kind of stuff i love those kinds of things it's, it's like your monsters books uh it's like all of these things because i i i always and i get far from this all the time but that sort of lived in feel of the world you're you're playing in and if you have a a resource book that has unique items that are not in the dm's book they're not in the but they are you know useful uh even if you don't use their stats or even if you don't use them the way that they're written because you know second edition kind of thing but it gives you that 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 the creative juices again to of something else to be like hey you know it's like looking at tables people look at books with tables and tables of, of different things you can roll the reality is unless you running the game or the player that gets to roll on a table, there's going to be something in those books that is going to influence, not just the player, but it's going to influence the story and in potentially ways that are not uh, going to that, that, that no, a DM might not have thought of players might not have thought of. Like I remember out of uh, necessity, uh, you were playing, uh, we were playing, uh, and I've forgotten what the adventure was, but I think it was in the underworld uh, with the exploding beer fountain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, I seem to recall you mentioning that that was actually a necessity because somebody wasn't there and the, yeah. you had uh, no way to really kind of explain where, because we were in a dungeon in a very you know large room. And you were like, oh, yeah. So then suddenly an explosion from the floor. And and I, I think it was it was beer, right? Was it beer? Yeah, it was in it was in the world of Mir. You were you were dealing with this hag who kept disappearing because she could turn invisible. And you finally had found figured out that if you found out where she was and you circled a group of people around her, and then you used something to make her appear, then she couldn't get away. So uh it happened to be a geyser of beer from the beer from the a magical bean. That part was spontaneous. But the yeah, circle yeah. of people wasn't. And then the beer covered the hag, which showed, revealed her. But it also enabled me to shoot one of the characters out okay. of the circle of people into the river nearby and get their character out of the session because that player wasn't there that day. So, yeah. And, and these things, like yeah. all of these things combined, 
resource books are very good for it. And no matter the age of the book, you know, because I'm thinking back to all the books that I've I've had over the years and still wish I had. Oh, my Lord. But knowing that you can get those printed again or a whole bunch of them, the, the modules like I have a my against the giants is like you open it up and there's a you know, it's, it's worn through on the on the edge and things like that. Yeah, I might stick that away and go get another one. Get a just a soft right. cover print. I mean, these yeah, there's scarab beating so... beetles crawling off it, and there's wraps from the mummy that it was when it was in the tomb. Yeah, it's being <laughs> it's being hidden away for so long. Yeah, I don't again. I don't know um, anything with second to fourth edition, so that's why those haven't been mentioned. But also, if we did do that, this video would be like you know, two hours, hours long. <laughs> um, well, I, I don't have, I don't have any uh, books from third edition, fourth edition at all. Like those, uh -huh. I just, I, I was not playing at that point. Yeah, yeah. And I also don't like the art on the covers. Yeah. yeah. I hate it. It's like yeah. I'm buying a book of marble with like stupid etchings on it and jewels. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for the art for me too. I mean, I like some of the most of the first edition art, not all of it, and that's mo that's pretty much it for the most part. Um, which is one reason again we tried a different art style with our books. Um, you mentioned Rogues Gallery. That one, I believe, you can't get in print for some reason with uh, Drive Through, who have the rights to all this TSR stuff. Um, but you could get a PDF. I think I still have the PDF from them. And that was a great NPC slash PC, like if you wanted a pre-generated character. That was a classic, very it was a very small book, but like you say, extremely useful. Um I think it has two hundred and overall I think it was like two hundred and fifty oh, was it? tables, something like that. I, I'd have to go and look again. I mean okay. I, I remember it being like a million, but it wasn't that oh, really. And yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I haven't looked at it for a long time, but I thought it Hang was on. like a 30, 40 page book. Yeah, I could look up the um, the uh, PDF too. And that that book really was inspiration for the NPC books that we've made, which are mostly on sale at. Um, drive through and on the DMs Guild, we made a ton of NPC books. You have hundreds of NPCs that you can use there, um, or they're pre-made characters for your for your players with tons of detail. So we give things like all the equipment, the background, um, the appearance of the creature, character, and it's it'd be a good resource for your players or for the dungeon master. So yeah, here we go. So my computer doesn't zone, zone it out. So here's the rogues gallery. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's only about uh, 48 pages. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, there's a lot crammed in there. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, because there's like tables like that. Yeah. There's yeah. Uh, some more specific, uh, you know, characters that have backstories and things. Um, and uh, and here's actually Marvelous Magic. I grabbed it anyway, just because it was there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've never so, seen that. I've never but, seen that uh, in my life. So, But yeah, it's yeah. got... Um, <laughs> look at that. So it has um, like uh, alphabetic. It's organized by, by letter and uh, different wow. sort of things. 
It also apparently has a monsters sticker in it for some reason. Didn't know that, I put it in the, there. Yeah, uh, the demon snail, I believe, the from Monsters of the Underworld. So yeah, so it has like, and it has the artwork that I really enjoy, which is uh, stuff. Good lord, uh, stuff like come on, black and white. Yeah. yeah, the black and white sort of stuff. Black but and yeah, white. I mean, there's seventies, eighties. Yeah. So these are all books, and I thought I would just show this one off because you know it has a lot of cool stuff in it still. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, uh, you listening or you watching? Hi, how are you? Um, you guys uh need to to uh, source your books, uh, get the basic core stuff. There's no need to get all of the sort of extraneous things. But there are definitely ones like the ones we've talked about today, Volo, Xanathar, uh, Mordecai, like those kinds of books uh, do actually give you a lot of flavor and do give you additional things, like especially um, uh, Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Uh, that's a really important book. Every time I create a character, that book is always on the table. And uh, there's all kinds of things you can get. Um, do you need to get the first edition stuff? It'd be cool. <laughs> but, uh, but not necessary and um, and who knows what the future holds for what kind of books are coming out uh, I think that uh, you should be buying everything from Kwood Publishing because those uh, monster books are amazing and uh, the World of Mirror book that's going to be coming out uh, it very I guess it'll be best case scenario summer next year roughly so so as far as the scheduling, the uh, the new book, Monsters of the Dungeons, just being finished, that will go to the Kickstarter people um, this month as a PDF. And then we'll try to get the printed books probably this month and next month. Those will be, you know, hopefully the shipping will begin. And then the Kickstarter for World of Mirror should be the end of, kind of middle of November. So the the end date for the mirror book is more likely probably april i would say maybe earlier because we've we do a lot more work earlier on now like this new book this dungeon book has been done quickly it was only kickstarted in may okay it's it was kickstarted in may and the we're getting a book with 123 monsters hardcover book color fully illustrated to the people they're going to get the pdf you know probably within the next couple of weeks and then the hardcover books soon after that that's very quick turnaround for a team of three people so the world of mirror book a lot of it is done but we have to do some more work on that probably probably april probably April or May next year, it might be sooner, but that's the most likely. And again, we'd have the PDF done earlier and then the printed books take a little bit longer to organize. As far as the monster book being released publicly, there's a chance that could happen before Christmas or, or the beginning of the new year. That's when we'll release Monsters of the Dungeon, PDF and the, and the printed book versions at the same time. So we're going to do that um, either right after this latest Kickstarter or first thing next year. That's kind and of awesome. Then, yeah, and then the World of Mirror book, hopefully in the spring, it'll be ready. 
And then our big plans for next year is that we're going to start to be an adventure factory. Which is, I mean, that's like we've talked about, like there are, it is really fun and exciting to have world building books. It's really fun mm -hmm. and exciting to have monsters, but it's kind of like the right now, they're kind of all hanging out in the cafeteria. They're like, hey guys, yeah, I'm totally going to kill you next time. All right, guys, I'll get you. Um, but yeah, the adventure stuff, I mean, that that's kind of why I really want wizards to create their own thing to actually have new adventures in places that are you know somewhat familiar but uh but for world of mirror it's going to be awesome because uh i i'm i've done i think one run through of of a through uh uh what are they called oh my lord the a1 books a1 through four the slave lords series yeah yeah no 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 your adventure book oh oh that we have yeah we have the world of mirror adventures so that's a to a1 to 16. so it's um yeah it's eight books actually i have to double check again how many books are in that series <laughs> actually well i can't look right here because it's listed in the at the front of these books oh there it, we go it takes you from levels one to 20 and it's a1 to yeah i was right a1 to 16. And there, it's an adventure series, a whole campaign that takes you from first level to 20th. Um, this time, our adventures, we're going to have better layout, uh, more art, all in color. And um, we're going to be working with Travis again. And uh, yeah, and I think it's going to be something very unique. And we plan on doing many of them a year instead of just one. We've usually had one big book a year. Um, although this year we're going to probably have two, um, you know, once we've done the world book, then these adventure books, we're going to have multiple releases during the year. Well, I'm excited for that because they are, I really want more. I want more. That's basically it. I just want more. But anyway, we've been talking for a while, everybody. Thank you all for uh, listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, everything we've talked about, any important links, all that kind of stuff will be right down below. And uh, if you have any suggestions, questions, comments, or complaints, send them to Andrew. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Later. Later.